Alaskans, wherever you are, welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right in a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to MustReadAlaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. Most everybody's kids are back in school in Alaska. I know ours are, and that's homecoming weekend for a lot of folks coming up. If you live in Nikiski, around Nikiski, don't forget this weekend we have our fourth annual North Road Car Show. Now, most would think this would be North Road type of cars, which would be scary for some, but I'm here to tell you it's the nicest old uh amazing cars all over alaska come to our car show and uh, we have the best you know hundred thousand dollar kind of hot rod cars showing up at the, our car show at nikiski hardware and supply it's a free event for you the whole family we have food trucks there we have a, we have a pig roast that benefits uh the local wrestling program um last year we were able to raise a lot of money for uh, local sports programs here in Nikiski, and man, it is packed. I'm talking four, five, six hundred people come out to the show. It's probably the biggest um, car show here on the peninsula, if not one of the biggest in the whole state. So everybody's welcome. Come on out, bring your whole family. It's a free event. But without further ado, we have a very special guest today, Representative Kevin McCabe. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. Well, good morning. How are you? Oh, doing just fine. I hear word on the street is you are signing a bill today. Talk to us about um, where you're going to be at a signing of a bill today. Talk to us about what that bill is. It's a pretty uh, it's a pretty interesting bill, and I think a lot of folks could benefit from it. Talk to us a little bit about this lumber bill. Sure. So it's a lumber grading bill that allows uh, um, folks in Alaska lumber mills to grade the lumber uh, so that it can be used in home building Um the currently if you if you're a sawmill and you grade or and you saw lumber and it's not graded you can't really use it uh, a contractor can't use it in a in a um, in a home build and this bill would allow uh, my neighbor is it's signed it's actually being signed by my neighbor or at my neighbor's place he's got the second <laughs> largest cool. sawmill in alaska yeah and um so uh, he has a sawmill and he has a kiln and he can kiln dry lumber and, and grade it himself now after this bill is signed. And then he could sell it to a home builder who could build, I think, up to a triplex, no commercial buildings, but up to a triplex uh, with that lumber. So it's a small step forward. It's actually a big step forward in the lumber industry and in the logging industry, which we're trying to reestablish in Alaska after it was after it was sort of shut down by the um, eco-warriors, if you will. You know, when you think about it, lumber is the best renewable resource we have. You can grow timber, and and I, I don't know why we ever, you know, the tree hugger moniker is kind of, is kind of emblematic of what's going on or what went on decades ago that shut down the lumber industry in Alaska, and it's just now starting to reestablish itself and uh, so, yeah, it's it's a it's a great step forward, and it's a great piece of our 
new focus on renewable energy and renewable resources in Alaska, and timber is a big part of that. Yeah, it's about the best renewable energy that somebody could think of outside of maybe solar, because you can plant as many trees. Anybody that's listening to this podcast can go out and plant this tree that not only is a heat source, but a shelter source. It's a pretty awesome thing that we have here, literally hundreds of thousands of acres of trees in Alaska. Right. You know, in Alaska, we spend, we only get about, a, the state only gets a million dollars a year from our forests, from timber harvests and that sort of thing. We spend $60 million a year fighting forest fires. To me, that seems totally upside down. We absolutely have got to manage our forests better so that we don't have forest fires. I, Many people have heard me say this already, but in Sweden, Sweden has 1% of the world's forests and they have 16% of the market share of wood products in the world. So you know what they don't have? They don't have forest fires because they manage their forests and they have done so for a hundred years or better. So this bill and, and our focus on forests is um, not for me and it's not for you. It's for our children and our great grandchildren uh, in Alaska where we are setting them up so that they can get money or get, uh, you know, harvest the resource and not to have to spend a whole bunch of money and time fighting forest fires. So could this, um, I think I talked to Senator Bjorkman about this bill early on. Does this bill also cover somebody that's um, a contractor that's building their own house to then use wood that they harvest as well? Or is it only for lumber mills? Um, well, you, you will have to be trained. You'll have to be specially trained on grading lumber. Of course, my neighbor, Andrew, he, He's already um, doing what the training is going to allow, but it, it will be a day or two days worth of training on using uh, the moisture uh, meter and that sort of thing and uh, looking at the lumber and looking at the grains and determining if it's, uh, um, you know, what grade of, uh, of lumber it is and if it's available for use for certain parts of the construction. So, so that's a pretty simple bar for folks to it's not like they got to get a master's degree in wood stuff. They got to go for maybe a weekend's worth of training and call it good. Right. Nice. Well, I think that's awesome. Uh, kudos to you and everybody that worked on that bill. I do think it's a big step forward. Having a hardware store in Nikiski, we have a lot of relationships with people that build houses. And I know one in particular, I won't say their name, but they at one point had a lumber mill and, uh, they stopped using it because they had to pass all these crazy high-end grade specs. And uh, this is probably gonna make it a little easier for them to build houses around the peninsula. So um, I'm, I'm sure that as with anything, there's, you know, there's folks that are gonna say this, you know, the tree huggers, for example, but I think that this bill puts Alaska in a place to, you know, be easily, make to make it easier for folks to make houses in Alaska, which I think is great. So um, let's shift the the conversation for a second. Let's talk about you and I chatted briefly uh, before um, we went live here or not live, but before I started recording about the West Susitna access. Talk to me about this. This is probably a contentious topic. I think that uh, folks in your district probably know about it, but maybe not folks around the state. So give us the 411. 
Sure. So the West to sit in access is going to open up the West Sioux for uh, many things. Mostly it's going to open up the West Sioux for uh, Alaskans. So one of the focuses of the legislature has been to ensure that any access to the West Susitna through a road will be open for all Alaskans. We're not just going to have a industrial a access like some of the some of the ads that you hear uh, from the folks that are opposed to the the opening the West Sioux. Um, you know, they keep calling it the West Sioux industrial ac access. If you think about it, the Parks Highway is a industrial access. Uh, you know, we that's how we get goods and industry and those things up to Fairbanks. So are we calling it the Parks Industrial Highway or is it just the Parks Highway? It's open to many things. Uh, the West Sioux will be the same. You'll be able to get to the Big Sioux. You'll be able to get up into the west part of the Susitna or the Matsu Borough through uh, across the Big Sioux and go hunting, go fishing, go camping, go hiking. That part of the um, Matsu Borough has been open only to those folks that can afford to buy a high-end snow machine or four-wheeler or airplane to get to, to see the, the beauty and the, and the Alaskan resources that are up there, go fishing up there and uh, Alexander Lake or up past the Yenlos. Um, it will absolutely uh, provide more access for uh, resource developments, such as mining up in the, up in the Estelle Nova Minerals area. Um, they keep calling it, uh, you know, the folks that are lined up against this keep calling them foreign mines. Well, there's no company in Alaska, major company that does lots of major resource development and or exploration that's not somehow financed or tied into foreign companies. Think of BP, British Petroleum. Uh, we didn't really oppose their um exploration on the north slope yet somehow we're saying well these are foreign mining companies we're building a road for foreign mining companies well some of the lodges up there that are opposed to the opening the west sioux um their clientele is largely foreigners so i'm not so sure if that's not just a little bit hypocritical well, but i think anytime we can open up land to alaskans is a good thing and if you have a couple wealthy folks that don't want it to happen, you know, that's understandable, but this is literally just opening up land so that people have access to it at the end of the day, right? Sure. And there's, there's timber up there. There's, uh, there's so much up there. I, I've flown up there a lot. Um, when I flew air taxi out of Anchorage, I did a lot of flying up in that area and, and the beauty and the, uh, around the base of Mount Susitna and, and a little bit north of there is is breathtaking. And why wouldn't Alaskans want to go up there and, you know, drive up, just drive up there to camp? Like, you know, it's a different place to go instead of the Denali Highway or or camping at, uh, you know, one of the Montana Creek or some of those places where a lot of people go. Now you could, uh, you know, come through and go by Ayrshire Road and go up uh, into the west of Sitna. I think it's a fantastic idea in um, you know, but Alaskans, you know, Alaskans have to comment. Alaskans have to get on the DOT um, statewide transportation improvement program website and comment on whether or not they want to open up the West sit access for Alaskans. So where, where is that where we're at in the process? It's the public comment period. 
Right. And the public comment period closes September 3rd, so it's a little bit late in the process, but I have asked the DOT if they would consider extending that process. And uh, there's a, uh, a really good way to comment. The, uh, the new STIP is amazing, actually. It's very interactive. You can, you can search and um, uh, comment on various projects by STIP number, by the project uh, description, anything. And it's at uh, dot.alaska.gov uh, backslash or forward slash STIP. Um, and that's where you would go to comment. And uh, well, I DOT. can. Uh, I'll put a link in the podcast description um, and make it one step easier for folks to get there. Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think uh, you know, folks, if you're listening and you're passionate about public access, which I know there's many folks in Alaska that are passionate about that, this is a pretty simple thing. And if if you want access to lands out there and you live in the area or even if you don't live in the area but the but the public comment is open to anybody that probably lives in alaska or it's probably open to anybody to public comment so feel free to give your two cents and um, you know it's a good way to make your voice heard in a sometimes uh in a political world where it's hard to figure out how to make a difference this is a very simple way to let your voice be heard Absolutely. And you can see it's fully transparent. You can see all the comments. You can scroll through them. You can get an idea of what other people are thinking. So it's a it's an awesome new way that the DOT has for us to comment. And, and I'm fully in support of of this uh, new STIP uh, process. So, well, let's the final bill. Let's talk about one of my favorite bills that's ever hit the Alaska shelves is the gold and silver tender bill, which I think is you know the more and more our world gets crazy and inflation and you know talk about good timing you had this bill i think on the floor before all the crazy inflation hit um talk to me a little bit about this bill it's it's kind of self-explanatory in its title gold and silver as a legal tender but i think that uh it'll intrigue a lot of alaskans interests so how did this bill come about right so it's it's hb3 and uh, this came about actually from a constituent who called me and said, you know, I think Alaska needs to have uh, gold and silver available for use as legal tender. So as as most of us know, we have a, um, a constitution, the U.S. Constitution forbids states from issuing their own currency unless it's gold or silver. We can still use gold and silver via our constitution as currency. So problem is, is a gold coin right now, if you wanted to buy a one ounce gold coin, it would cost you a huge amount of money. And when you brought it to the grocer or the, um, you know, the store business owner, he would look at you and say, well, how am I going to do that? You know, I have to make change for this $2,000 gold piece and <laughs> I'm just not equipped to do that. Yeah, so, I could spend 2000 bucks pretty quick at three bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't we all? So, um, this allows uh, us to use a thing called specie, which if you go to, go to goldbacks, or maybe it's goldback without an S.com, you can see an example of what we're talking about. Five states now, I think, have issued it. Montana is the latest. I think South Dakota issues goldback uh, 
in September, maybe. Um, so very interesting. It's currency that's actually made out of gold. It's imprinted on a um, on a medium. It's plastic kind of, and it's laser imprinted, and it has serial numbers, and it's all sort of set up just like gold bills. We call them specie. And um, so it allows you to buy a smaller um, piece of gold that you can actually use as legal tender if the business owner accepts it. Business owners don't have to accept it under this bill, but if they do accept it, uh, then they can use it. They can keep it. They can use it just like, um, just like money. So uh, I think it's a very good hedge rather than keeping a dollar bill in your safe, which is going to lose maybe as much as 18% a year, depending, depending on inflation. Uh, you can keep these in there. And, uh, and I think it's a, it's a really good and easy way for the average Alaskan to invest in gold and silver and to, to hold gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Yeah. And, you know, the folks that I've talked to, they've not only thought it was a good idea, but they've also, uh, a lot of folks didn't realize that this is actually in the constitution, as you said. So this is not some like crazy, you know, idea that, you know, into the world or Armageddon, this is something that our our founders had the foresight to think of. And it's a way that you and I can buy things and not have to rely on a piece of paper that, you know, will get 10 or 11% inflation every year if uh, some people are in office. So um, do you think that this has a good shot? I mean, it's been on the, it's been out there for a couple of years now. Do you think it's going to have uh, a good run to, to be able to be put on the floor for a vote this year? Yeah, you know, I think so. It's passed out of the House and the Senate has it. And of course, there are many senators that are interested in gold um, up in, the, especially, uh, you know, Senator Olson out of Gullivan, uh, gold mining area up around Nome. Senator uh, 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 Bishop is a gold miner himself. So lots of interest in, in this thing. And the I hope that we can get it through. There's some talk that the Senate might try to or might want to amend it uh, to create a maybe a repository. So if you don't know, Texas has a gold repository as part of their um, legislation and their statutes there in Texas where you can actually pay your taxes or companies can pay their royalties in gold. And then Texas holds on to it in a repository and the That's state so itself cool. uses it as a, yeah, the state uses it as a hedge against inflation for the state. So, um, you know, we currently use oil through the permanent fund, but I can imagine, um, well, I was up at Kinross the other day and I actually had hands on a $400,000 bar of gold Jeez. from Fort Knox. Yeah. I tried to put it in my pocket. They didn't like that too much. <laughs> you but, have a, you had a heavy <laughs> pocket there for a second. Yeah, I know. Right. It's pretty amazing, but, um, can you imagine if we had a repository in, in the state of Alaska as a hedge against inflation, a gold repository? Great. Yeah, so I am planning, there's a transactional gold and silver legislative summit in Texas here in a few weeks that I'm planning on going to. And uh, many, many states are involved in this and many state legislators that have the same sort of idea for their for their citizens as a way to hedge against inflation. I mean, think about it, you know, if there's... I mean, my entire retirement is tied up in the stock market. If we had a big stock market crash, um, you know, which is not unheard I, of, like we probably had 
you know, three or four, just in, you know, three or four decent size ones, ec economic crashes in my lifetime. Right. So uh, I think uh, there's a little bit of a Boy Scout in all of us. We all want to be prepared for any eventuality. And this just gives Alaskans a easier way to uh, hedge against inflation or hedge against something bad happening or or even hedge against Bitcoin if you don't like the electronic way that uh, we seem to be going, which is a little bit worrisome to some of us. Um, you know, this gives you a chance to hedge against it. So what's the major, if any, pushback you hear from people? Uh, you know, the big pushback that I heard uh, some of the folks that didn't quite understand it that uh, are used to just dealing with banks. Um, you know, I, I, we had one discussion in committee and uh, one of uh, one of my esteemed liberal colleagues said, well, what about the banks? And I said, well, you don't need a bank. It's gold. And they said, but how will the banks handle this? How will they manage it? And and I said, you really don't need a bank with, <laughs> with this. <laughs> I don't need a bank to manage my gold. I'll be just fine. All right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, those are the it's it's more misunderstanding. And of course, uh, you know, I mean, everybody says, well, this is a prepper thing and and maybe it is. But um, it's a way for, you know, one of these uh, one dollar gold backs is worth about three dollars and almost four dollars right now. And it's one one thousandth of an ounce of gold. And it's an easy way um, to manage the gold if you're going to spend it. Uh, rather than a one ounce coin or even a tenth of an ounce coin. And it's also an easy way for somebody to buy into gold and gold backs if they don't have the money just to buy a $2,000 gold piece. They can, you know, rather than trying to save up your dollar bills over over months to buy one 2000 or, you know, one one ounce gold coin, you can start by um, buying gold backs. Well, and people, and, if you're listening, you can always buy silver too. It's 25 bucks or so an ounce for silver, which most people can afford. Sure. And there's a, you know, there's another sort of benefit to this. If you look at goldbacks.com and you see the states that have issued these, uh, can you imagine a, a $1 gold back with a picture of Denali on it or a $10 yeah. Alaskan gold back with a, a picture of a dog sled mushing team? You know, the art on these things is fabulous. Uh, some of these even has color introduced into it, and it's uh, they're pretty amazing. If you haven't if you haven't ever looked at them, I urge you to go to the website and uh, kind of scroll through them and imagine what they would look like for uh, even tourists that wanted to buy an Alaska goldback. You know, it could be a, a minor revenue um, position for us. So, last couple quick questions: You've been uh, is this your third? Uh, You've been elected twice, going on three. Is that what this is? I'm... Right. So uh, in January will be the second session uh, of the uh, 33rd legislature. And uh, I was in the 32nd legislature for two years. And this will be my second year of second my year. second term, if you will. Yeah. Okay. So that sets up the question of what's the biggest thing you've learned since being in the House? You know, you were, you were and still are a pilot. For a number of years, going from kind of that world to being an elected official, what's the biggest thing you've learned? Uh, the biggest thing I've learned, I would I would say, is is knowing when to keep my mouth shut and finding the courage to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. What uh, 
uh, last question to you is what advice would you give somebody that wants to get involved, right? There's so many people out there that want to get involved. And oftentimes you just hear from the extreme ends of folks, you know, people that, you know, hate what you're doing or whatever. And there's this whole kind of folks group in the middle that still have families, still are active members of the community, and they just don't, you know, quite get how to get involved. What some advice would you give to somebody who, you know, doesn't have time to run for an office and have it be a part-time job, but still wants to get involved in their community in a positive way? Right. So, the, yeah, that's a really, really great question, actually. Um, you know, I sort of leaped, Lynn and I sort of leaped into this with both feet. And um, I would say that if somebody just wants to get involved, attend a town hall meeting that your legislature is holding, write emails to him or her, uh, maybe attend a district meeting occasionally, even a attending an assembly meeting or a school board meeting will give you an idea of how the government is working and it'll give you an idea of things such as Robert's Rules of Order, Mason's Rules and that kind of thing. And and you can kind of see how the sausage is made and maybe make a decision if going further in politics is for you or or, or not for you. And um, it's been a it's been a Mr. Toad's wild ride for me for sure, <laughs> and you're right. Some of the uh, some of the uh, extreme ism on both sides is uh, is challenging and frustrating, um, but at the same time, when you can help somebody, uh, when I can do something for somebody, uh, it makes it it makes it all worth it. And and when you get a bill passed, you know the front license plate bill. Um, was my bill that ended up being passed as an amendment to another bill. But now Alaskans don't have to put a front license plate on their car. And when the governor signed that, he said, with this signature, Alaskans gain a little bit more liberty. And I can't say enough about that statement and that mindset and, uh, you know, reducing regulations and adding liberty to Alaskans is is a fantastic thing. And, it, and it's kind of satisfying, actually, when you get to be a part of it. Nice. So any last minute things before we head off here? The floor is yours. Uh, no, I appreciate it. And I just, uh, you know, there's there's lots going on in the interim. There's lots of conferences. Uh, um, I was old ledge council. Um, I'm on the, the vice chair of ledge council. And we had a meeting the other day and we, we did some uh, things to do with the assembly building in Juneau, which is uh, sort of frustrating to me. I never agreed to buy that. And yet we, we as a legislature was actually given to us, but it's costing us millions of dollars to remodel. And um, the other day we just... Is that the one uh, where they were going to turn it into housing or something? Well, they are turning yeah. into housing. 33 apartments for legislators or staffers. And of course they'll be charged, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll now be a hotel it's not owner. free housing. You're going to charge for it. Right. Right. But, uh, you know, one of the things we have to do as a, as a legislature is furnish it. So we just spent $750,000 or approved a contract against over my objections and the objections, frankly, of every House member on Ledge Council uh, spent $750,000 on 440 pieces of furniture to go in there. And it, to me, that's just that's um, <laughs> really, really bad. So I don't think Alaskans will be very proud of us for doing that. But yeah, there's there's lots going on, lots going on in the interim, lots of conferences and that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, it's funny. It's you know you you have to deal with 
problems that you weren't even around <laughs> to start or vote on. And I think that that's kind of the nature of politics because sometimes it does take a long time for government to act. You're going to inherit stuff or be a, have to vote on things that you didn't even have any any um, hand in in the first place. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, when you talked about people getting involved in that sort of stuff, being aware of those things as you start to get involved is important, um, you know, because at some point, like with this assembly building, <coughs> excuse me, stopping, stopping it would be worse than going forward with it, you know. And uh, so it's uh, it, it's a source of some frustration and it takes a lot of uh, navigation, if you will, to find your way around it. Yeah, you'd never get everything you want <laughs> you'll right. probably quickly find out right that's <laughs> well well i appreciate you joining us on the must read alaska show we are uh spend 30 minutes and it went by in a flash um we wish you nothing but success here on the must read alaska show and we'll put a link in the, the description like i said so folks can comment on the west susitna access and uh um and uh, appreciate you sharing your insights with us on, you know, just what does it look like to get involved and in some of your takeaways over the last couple of years. So thank you so much for joining us on the Must Read Alaska show. And until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska. Thank you, Representative McCabe. Thanks, John. Yep.